Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Let's begin. Hey, gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. All right, guys, my guest with me today back on the Apex Masculinity Podcast is Thomas Edwards, Jr., founder of The Professional Wingman, lives his life helping men to develop the vital skills that they need to live the life they want. Thomas, glad to have you back, brother. How have you been? I've been wild, man. It's good to see you, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, we were just going over it in our warm-up chat there, how both you and I have made like epic moves across the country, (laughs) man. Like I went from basically the Canadian border like 30 minutes from Canada. Now I'm 30 minutes from Mexico. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you went from one beach, you went from the Pacific to the Atlantic, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the great migration that's happened across, across the country, you know? Yeah. Well, I was, I was intrigued by your reasons for moving, man. Why don't you go back over those with us and kind of, you were getting into legacy and like, you yeah. Know, and all that stuff and how it was important, man. Talk to us about like why you made that move. Absolutely, man. Like, it, it, you know, for me, it, it started months before the decision came, became clear to me. But, you know, I was just through my own research, understanding, you know, life and longevity and fears. I ended up watching, um, uh, if you've seen the show Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Great show. If you haven't watched it, it's on Nat Geo, Disney Plus. Um, and the last episode, and I'm not going to do any spoilers if you haven't watched it yet, but basically it just talks about death, right? It's accepting that no matter how hard you try to extend your life, there is an expiration date, right? So I was watching it and I was overcome, overwhelmed with emotion. And I was thinking initially it was about the eventual expiration of my parents, right? Like my parents will die. Um, And finally facing the truth of that, right? And and I did. And that was challenging to just come to terms and accept that. But then there was something deeper, which was ultimately uh, even more unsettling, which was my own death. And having that under, you know, the, the realization of that and asking myself, you know, if I were to be gone tomorrow, would my family be okay? What would be the, the, the legacy that I would leave behind? What would people say about me? What would be the things that I left on this planet? Did, it, did, it, did I make a strong enough impact? Did I use God's gifts the way that he had hoped that I used? And I was not happy with those answers. And so it really shifted something in me uh, that, for, you know, for better lack of words, just elevated my sense of purpose. And it then culminated to the point where I just realized, you know, I want to spend the rest, the remaining years of my parents' lives with them as close to them as I possibly can. And I want my daughter to be able to understand, because she's been asking me, she's six years old, she's been asking me stories about my childhood. Hmm. And I think it's because she just wants to know, like, where did I come from? And there is an importance to understand the, our bloodline. You know, where does the Edwards family come from? And I could tell some stories, but you know who really could tell stories? <laughs> Her grandparents, you know, and, and I think it's important for her to spend time with with, with them and my sister and my brother and, and her cousins. 
Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, so for me, that was like the big move, you know, and, um, yeah, like I'm so grateful that I did that because there is a sense of peace knowing that that latter stage of my, my parents' lives, I'll be able to connect with them on a deeper level being who I am today. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just really special. So yeah, I'm excited to be over here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, um, I go back and forth in my own mind, um, with that whole concept because and I know it's different for everybody. And I think it revolves around your own personal confidence levels as you start out as an adult in life. Mm-hmm. Noticed for myself and my wife, and more specifically with my wife, was when we got away from family, um, we found ourselves. You know yes. what I mean? Like my yes. wife kind of grew up the baby and there was expectations and you kind of fall into these expectations of what's required of you with this role that you've been in for 20 years. Yeah. When I got my wife away from family, um, she became this completely different person as it relates to inner strength and believing in herself. And like, like um, she's a beast at work, bro. Like, you know what I'm talking about? But those are all things that were hidden back there that getting her out of that element she was in now they were able to flourish kind of a thing, you know, Yep. I think once they flourish for long enough to where they become established, you can go back home. Right. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then you don't have to put that old jacket on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If people expect you to, you're grounded enough to where you can start like putting your feet down and stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally that. It's, it's, um, Here's the thing, right? Like, you know, people my age and younger tend to not give a shit about their parents, <laughs> right? Like they, they just tend to not, right? Because like you said, part of it, a big part of it is what you just said, right? The need to become their own person and to understand what their values are, what their vision is for creating a life based on their own experience, not the experience of their parents, which are outdated by def- just by natural law, right? So um, it is important. Now, the intention in which that is to happening is also based on the relationship with that parent, right? Like if you hate your parents, <laughs> then the intention in which you're trying to become that person is much different than someone who has a great relationship with their parents and still needs to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so we statistics studies have been showing and you'll and it's, you see it in very interesting data points but for example like in real estate there's a lot of boomers who have a lot of property right they're in this time and there's no like um some of the data has been kind of showing that like you know they're wanting their kids to come and like kind of take over the house or eventually be close to home so they can do that. And it's not happening. Kids are staying away from their parents. Right. And so my situation is actually becoming more and more rare that, you know, someone my age is willing to move closer to be back closer to their parents. You know, my parents are still in Jamaica, so it's not like I'm down the street from them, but being Mm -hmm. on the same coast, huge difference. Not Not many people my age and younger are making that, that move, you know? So you, you bring up a really good point about that. Hey, hey, just as a side note, bro, when you made the move to get back to the East Coast, um, did you did you like kind of process, all right, this is what I do professionally for a living. And 
how am I going to incorporate my livelihood with this move? Like, did you feel confident that what you got over here, you'd be able to continue like skyrocketing with what you're trying to build as it relates to your career and stuff like that? Absolutely. The only reason why is because I had intended to and planned for it. So coming out here to Asheville, it's a very different market in comparison to being out in Southern California, right? So for me, being in Southern California kind of has, uh, uh, I don't know how to word it, but I don't have to be local, right? To have a massive impact. Here in, in Asheville, my intention actually is to be super local to create a massive impact because I've already created the more of a global impact being in, in, in Southern California. So it actually becomes a kind of a different mission, different game for me, which then gets me super engaged, you okay. know? So it's um challenged. You've created, but similar at the same time. You've created a challenge for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like new turf right. to dominate kind of a thing. Totally. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so I'm going from, you know, being in San Diego where, you know, for all intents and purposes, I could be a smaller fish in a, in a big pond. Right. And here I have an opportunity to be a whale in a small pond. Right. And obviously there's challenges that come with that. Yeah. But I like the idea that that like excites me, you know, so coming out. But I had to make sure that I was clear that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And I was willing to do it. Right. right. Like and it was a conversation I also had to have with my wife because mm. I told her, listen, like. In order for me to do this, I'm not going to be like at home all the time like I was in California. Like I'm going to be out there on the, on the ground, working hands on with guys. It might even lead to me being um, having to travel more mm -hmm. because I'm in a much more um, I'm closer to many more metropolitan areas. So like mm -hmm. so but she was into that. She was, she was down for that. She was like, you need to do that. Like you're built for that. And so it was we had to have those conversations and it had to start with me asking myself what I wanted to do with this. Some dude looks, so I'm already taking notes just from what you said right there. And we're going to get into, cause you just said working with men. So I've already got the yeah. title to this one and I've never mentioned the title within the podcast, but you hit the nail on the head when we were talking about developing masculine skill sets for success. So that's yeah. already the title. So now that we're getting into working with men and seeing men succeed, one thing you mentioned a second ago was, the move from the West Coast to the to the East Coast is going to work because there was planning on the front side of that. So in my mind, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of guys that 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 want a better circumstance. They want to build something. They want to create something. They want to start an empire. They want to leave a legacy. Like they're in that mode of like now they're I don't want to use the word woke because we both know that has like a bad. They're awake. <laughs> Let's just say awake. Yes. They're like, okay, That's very different. I no longer want to live a substandard life. I want to, I don't want to go down in flames. I want to be the flame and the planning part that you said. So let me give an example and this will lead into it. So when I was in North Dakota and it's funny because I was pissing and moaning about this on the podcast you and I did two years yeah. ago, I work too much and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not connecting as a father and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not doing anything fun for like myself. Like I want to take cello lessons and this, that, and the other. And we got to the point where the timing was just perfect. Everything worked out right. We sold that house up there. We made 70 K. We paid every bill off that we had everything, the vehicles, the doctor bills that we had had this RV that we'd been carrying around, bro, like a college loan, like for years, we paid everything off and got our output super, super low. And now I'm here in Texas and I have this very dialed back job as it relates to hours and time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Dude, I, I, we're going to the beach. Um, I, I'm taking jujitsu lessons, like, and absolutely loving it. Like, yeah. I planned, um, more or less to a certain degree, I planned my departure from there and that life and the taxation that that was causing to get here and start building a life more aligned with what I want for myself at this season in my life. Yeah. How important is planning? And what does that look like for guys? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, man. Um, mm. It's so interesting, right? So it starts with purpose right? Like why even do any of this, <laughs> right? Like why even do any of this? You and I talked about it two years ago, right? Like at some point the burnout was going to hit a wall, right? And then it would come, then you'd have to come to a decision, mm -hmm. right? So we all face this in some shape or form where like for me, legacy, impact, bloodline, parents, like it, it hit a wall for me and I had to choose. Right. And I'm very much now conditioned to face it, then run from it. Right. And, and that just comes with experience and, and repetition of choice. So, you know, we get to that point. So the purpose, right, is so important. And then I wouldn't even say like a plan, I, I think, is even uh, even a little bit further down the road. Like, what is your vision with that purpose? Mm -hmm. Right. So for, for you, it, it, it sounds like, it sounded like it was, you know, time affluence was really the, 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 the key thing, right? Freedom of time to, to do other things, <laughs> like be with your family, right? Take care of your body, pursue something uh, that you're, you're interested in, like jujitsu, right? And for me, it was, it was similar. It was like, I, I want freedom of options to see my family. I wanted freedom of options of having a backyard. I want freedom of options of, of, of going as fast or as slow as I want to, freedom of options of, of um, doing things because I want to, not because I have to, sure. right? Like those, those were, those were the, th the things for me. And then I created a vision for what that would look like and how would I, well, how would I feel about that? And then the plan began, mm -hmm. right? And I think sometimes guys look for the plan before the vision and yeah. that's where it, it goes wrong. Mm. And then some people look for the vision before the purpose. <laughs> and that can also go wrong, too. So I think ultimately it starts with purpose, vision, and then plan, you know. Um, and it's really important to work your way through those three things because you can get stuck on the road towards actual plan and then execution, right, which is the, the ultimate, right, taking action. So. Yeah. Just being aware that you're not staying stuck in the vision, you're not staying stuck in the planning, mm -hmm. but eventually you go from purpose to action because that's the key. Yeah, no, I love that, bro, because I think that's what's killing men is this overwhelming feeling of purpose, purposelessness. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Like I've only got one, no guarantee on how many years I get. We all know tomorrow isn't promised. I know I'm not just supposed to be here working this job, whether it's a dead end job or a good job to make someone else rich and never have any meaningful impact or influence in someone's life, which yeah. brings me to this post that I seen um, that you put up where it talks about you can have more than one purpose, but the struggle is that people want it to benefit them more than others. So yeah. we're going to chop this in half here because 
it does benefit you to make that move and to build that legacy and to see your family. And it benefited me to get away from that taxing schedule and to get down here and, you know, do more things that I enjoy to do, like start in, like start building the life that I enjoy. Yeah. But purpose also, if it's a great purpose, an impactful and meaningful influ- uh, purpose will always touch someone else. And yeah. I, 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 I was going to see if you could unpack that. Like our purpose yeah. is just for us. It's to be yeah. given, to be given. Yeah, I love it. You know, so so let's break down both of them, right? Like I, you can have one or more one one or more purposes in a in a lifetime, right? So, you know, and I'll keep it super basic, <laughs> right? So when when from the moment you're born till and and, and and oftentimes your purpose isn't really determined by yourself, right? So from the moment you're born till when you get to a level of competence, right? Your purpose is actually to be able to become self-sufficient, to become self-sustainable without the need or help of other people, right? Like your parents. At some point then your purpose has to become bigger than that, right? And, and for me, it came early. I wanted to help other men succeed in relationships. I didn't want them to struggle with their ability or their anxiety around approaching people that they don't know, especially attractive women. I didn't want people to struggle with living in a city or a town and feel alone because they don't know how to go out and access a social life or a network. I didn't want them to get into a relationship and then lose it because they weren't being the person that they had presented themselves to be, or they felt the fear of loss and they allowed that behavior to dictate their, you know, what they did inside that relationship. Mm -hmm. So that became something that was really meaningful to me. At some point, then my purpose shifted to, well, I, I wanna, I wanna raise, raise a kid. Mm. I wanna be a dad, right? That purpose did not exist, <laughs> you know, right. from zero to 25, you know. But here, here we are now, mm. and I have a six-year-old, right? Now, now my purpose has shifted again to focus not so much on dating, but just helping guys live a meaningful and impactful life, not just for themselves, but for those that they care about. Mm. And so your purpose, and I'm 38 years old, by the way, so I'm sure that my purpose will evolve continuously over time. That is not a new philosophy. I mean, in, in Japanese culture, they call that ikigai, right? Like your reason for living and people, people, uh, in Eastern culture are very aware that they have multiple purposes that they carry in their lives, mm-hmm. right? Um, and people in Eastern culture are much more willing to give their time to mentor and educate and help others mm-hmm. than in Western culture. Yeah. Um, because they ultimately believe that their life is not necessarily theirs, it's theirs to share with others. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge believer in that. So that's like the first half of it. And then the second, and then it leads into the second half, which is, you know, when it comes to purpose and legacy and impact, it only gets recognized if someone else is impacted by your purpose, right? And we'll use another baseline example, right? Like I think from a very, very, very basic rudimentary idea, your purpose in this world is to exist. If your purpose, if if, if that was not your purpose, you would not exist, right? And so you do have some control in the sense of being able to define what that existence means in the world, right? And so, and the only way your existence will have meaning is if it's touched someone else. Yeah, I love And 
you know, and, and people really, I, I, I don't want to generalize, but I, I, I often do that to make a point, but I do find that men really undervalue the, the influence and the impact it has on them when they impact someone else, you know? Um, and I, and the only reason why I'm aware of this is because I spent a lot of time with people who are older than me who get it right. And, and studies will, will share, will show you that at some point in quote unquote middle age, something shifts in you that realize that your life is not about what's in it for you and instead what you can give to others. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that data, typically it's a, I think the most known one is, I think it's a Harvard study, but they basically said there's like a U curve of happiness, right? And for most of your life, your happiness actually plummets because you're in the pursuit of things that you believe will make you happy. Mm -hmm. And on the journey of it, you're not happy, right? right? (laughs) Simply because you haven't gotten it yet, right? But at some point, they define the age at like being around 47 years old, where you realize that you, you stop giving a shit about that. And all of a sudden, now it's about what can you give to others? And all of a sudden, your happiness goes on this exponential curve because it's focused mostly on gratitude and giving yeah. than on accumulation and taking, right? Um, and so realizing this, I'm like, well, why don't we move that? Why can't guys be inspired now? to be in that place of gratitude and giving. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that experience becomes the accumulation, becomes the things that you, you take, you know, because, it, it, and I've seen it work. So yeah. um, that's, that's the idea around purpose and your purpose being more than just what's in it for you. There is something, and it's, it's almost more caught than taught. I heard somebody say where until you actually experience the joy and the fulfillment that comes with pouring out of yourself into someone else in any arena, whether it's mentoring somebody at work, encouraging your wife on a bad day, like building a a business or a side hustle or a brand that's around service or serving others. Uh, Guys don't get it, bro, but there is such a sense of fulfillment where you're like, man, all this, all, all these glamoury glittery things, dude, really are meaningless. Because I think you and I both have had, like, I used to be homeless, living under a bridge, meth addict, prison, and then yeah. kind of skyrocketed. Uh, I don't want to say became a, you know, mega millionaire rolling in cash like these Instagram people you see or whatever, but like got to a place where things were really good, but that happiness always seemed elusive. It was elusive. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this, man? I've got everything I wanted, you know? Yeah. But then when you start giving, like giving it away, giving yourself away, man, I tell you what, like, for example, and you know, uh, I gotta be careful here because they say you're not supposed to let the right hand know what your left hand is doing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I am not saying this for any accolades or any glory on myself, just to add content to this idea we're talking about here. Um, I wrote it. I wrote, a thousand dollar check to a church in Colorado that I don't attend. Hmm. We used to years ago. Yeah. Because they're trying to build a new building. Right. And that is an economically depressed neighborhood that where that is. And I'm like, you know what? Like that guy that runs that church, dude, he was always very, always very willing to help 
my wife and I and be there and counsel and, you know, support and whatever. And now I'm in this position in life where I can do that. And I don't feel it. Like there's no, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no like angst. So like, uh, <laughs> I, need that, I need that. Right. And then, yeah. and then like a couple of weeks later, man, these people that we know also in that same economically depressed area had put something on Facebook about, um, yeah, times are hard and like we're, we're selling clothes and I'm having a yard sale, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And I just reached out and said, Hey man, give me your address. And they gave me their address, man. I went to Walmart, a couple hundred dollar Walmart cards, sent it off to them so they could fill their deep freezer up or whatever kind of a thing. Yeah. And it feels really good. And what I've noticed as a result of that is you sow, you sow rewards for yourself by being yeah. generous like that. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Man. Yeah. So it's yeah. A good and here's the thing. Happiness is a skill. This is one of the things that I teach my clients. They think it's just this thing that you acquire uh, as a result of, of things that you do or you're looking to pursue. That's not the case. Happiness is a skill that you develop just like anything else, just like confidence, just like your ability to create, you know, just like, you know, fitness is a skill, right? There's certain fundamental skills. And I think especially as man, men is, is that we need to develop. Happiness is one of them because it creates mental, it, it creates mental um, fitness. Okay. It's a, it's a big part of it. And happiness is defined in three areas. It's defined in meaning, what you make meaning, what you the meaning you make out of things, mm -hmm. purpose, which mm -hmm. is also a skill, right? Having purpose is a skill and fulfillment, right? And I define fulfillment as the experience of doing something better, whether it's for yourself or for others, right? Okay. And when you get to a point where you are experiencing being better, right? There is, you naturally are happier. This right. is what gratitude is. This is what uh, giving is, right? Mm -hmm. Gratitude is, is, is basically, uh, you know, being thankful for giving to your, for what you've been able to receive yourself. Mm -hmm. And giving is expressing thanks, right? By giving to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> right and so these are you know elements that can actually create happiness but happiness is a skill man like it's not a, it's not just a feeling that you acquire magically mm -hmm. it's a developed skill and whatever you read on the internet or whatever you see do not believe that happiness is something that just comes to you it's a skill that you develop just like anything else in just like any other skill that you have in life yeah, no, I like that, bro, because it's it's uh it's not a necessary uh human function for survival. No. And typically I think I think I think people are typically unhappy because it's it's all about getting more and acquiring more and developing a little safe cushy zone that I, I'm not gonna be like bombarded by the tragedies of life and blah blah blah. And like that's elusive, bro. Yeah, I really yeah. like developing yeah. because you I mean the truth is you don't need to be happy to to do things. But I can promise you, you will do things better when you're happy. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like you, you don't you don't need a lot of money to live a great life, mm -hmm. but you will live a better life if you have more money, right? It's the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it, so it's so important to under for the guys to understand that happiness is a skill. It's not necessary, but life will be better if you if you have it. Awesome. Two categories of guys that come to mind right now. So we're talking about finding purpose and, you know, this, these always kind of take their own organic trail as we get yeah. going with them, but two guys 
two different categories of men, guys that are on the front side going, all right, I get it. Like I need to like find something definitive by way of purpose where I can like contribute of my time, talents, my intelligence, my generosity, all this stuff. And then the second category of guys are guys. And I think both you and I just judging by our last conversation have experienced this where we were in that place. Yeah. And then life happened or our shadow self arised mm -hmm. and like yeah. kind of knocked our feet out from under us or whatever. So for guys that are trying to get like kind of recovers from maybe some epic blowouts in character or recover from these seasons in life where they got winded and had to deal with like dumpster fires and their purpose was, I don't want to say taken from them, but maybe they stepped back from their purpose for a season. And now they're trying to get back to it because they know that that's where the real fulfillment is. Yeah. Talking, talking about mastering the art of the comeback and getting back to that place of purpose. Yeah. What is the strategy for doing that? Yeah. So I, you know, I talked about, I, I made a Facebook post about it, like five different ways I've been able to harness uh, emotional resilience because that's ultimately what it comes down to. Right. And Speaking of like setbacks and comebacks and things like that, right? We've talked about it two years ago. We had the conversation about that. Um, and, you know, for me, for me personally, you know, I always take a look at what have, what do I learn from that experience, right? Like that's usually the first question I ask myself, like what is there to learn from the experience that I had having that setback? What was that? What was there for me? And when I'm able to do that, it helps me understand, and, and we'll, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more, but it gives me confidence that I can solve the problem, mm. right? I think as men, one of our strongest skill sets that we have is our ability to solve problems. Amen. Right. <laughs> it's the reason why a lot of women come to us because we have the ability to solve problems. And, and what ends up becoming a bigger problem for men is when we don't, if we can't solve our own problem, we are too, we become, we feel overwhelmed, right? Yep. And when we feel overwhelmed, we don't want to deal with it. So we seek relief, right? And typically that relief becomes what I call a synthetic solution, right? It's not the real solution. It's a synthetic solution, right? <laughs> so, um, so part of part of it is going back to emotional resilience. It's actually understanding the core of emotional resilience, which is understanding and managing your emotions, right? Okay. So, this is very different than just letting your emotions express itself. Because if you don't have an understanding or a, a management of your emotions, how you express your emotions as a strong adult male mm. looks very, very different than if you were a two-year-old kid emotionally expressing themselves. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? Same, same emotions, yeah. but very different because of life experiences, the fact that we're more developed mm. physically, right? right? And what we're capable of as men, yep. right? So- we have to understand our emotions. We have to be able to manage them. And that in turn then gives us potential solutions for how to move forward. Mm. And if we learn and practice, once again, emotional resilience is a skill, you're able to understand 
what's actually going on inside of these emotions, which are typically triggered by a, a story or a thought that is happening, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we can go down the rabbit hole with, with that by itself, right? But that's just under, understanding and managing your emotions is, a, is the first thing. Mm -hmm. and, this, and what then it'll allow you to do is the second thing, which is understand the difference between reaction and response. And to keep it super simple, I think the fundamental difference between a reaction and a response is a pause. So when you're just reacting, purely based on survival, right? And your emotions in that moment is going to be the reaction, right? It's gonna, it's gonna be the reaction that you give. And when you're trying to save yourself, mm. when you're, cause you're feeling vulnerable or you're feeling attacked or you're feeling on the defensive, mm. in the moment, you don't care what happens. You're just trying to save yourself. So you could intent, you could unintentionally or intentionally hurt or destroy the environment or people around you just to preserve yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you're in reaction, you're not in control. You think you are, but you're not because you're reacting, right? You're allowing the environment and people to dictate how you get to, re to react in life. That's not, yeah. that's not being in control or managing your emotions, right? Response is being able to understand what's actually happening, being able to understand the emotions, taking a pause to allow the emotions to be with you and not be in reaction to it and respond accordingly, right? Um, and typically when I'm, for, for me personally, when I'm not, when I'm no longer in reaction, then I'm no longer a victim. I'm no longer um, giving up my power to someone else, something else or somewhere else to dictate how I should behave. And that's an empowering feeling, Yeah, you know? And, yeah. and, and, you know, whether you're single or in a relationship, this is something that women look for, right? They, they want to be around men who are emotionally grounded yes. and available, <laughs> right? Like they're emotionally grounded because they need that stability to feel safe, mm. right? Dude, I mean, that is what's really important. Yeah. Let me interrupt you just real quick. All right. Remember yeah. where you left off, bro. Cause I want to yep. touch on this, bro. Cause I had a guy on my podcast a couple episodes ago. Okay. Uh, Simon smart is his name. He's uh the Scottish ninja. All right. That's what I call him. You hear his mm. backstory, bro. He's got a great backstory, bro. But he was talking about the biological components of women. How, when a man begins to become uh, emotionally, uncentered uncomposed mm -hmm. uncomposed right and yep. the two-year-old tantrum in a 40-year-old guy or a 30-year-old guy right it mm -hmm. creates a panic in a woman yeah. at a biological level and he was talking about how a woman oftentimes i know it's not 100 percent of the case but oftentimes a woman because they just like you said they're looking for that emotional grounding to provide the safety and the security to make them like open up and be fully feminine and be able to support that man but he said yeah. woman's next move will often be is she'll begin to stress test through arguments just yes. see how unemotionally centered or how emotionally uncentered a guy is how yeah. a guy is so that she can make the determinations whether or not her and her children are safe and whether or not they need to leave. Yeah. And you just hit the nail on the head from a different perspective, but yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. And like, as an aside, 
women just for, for men to understand this women are natural emotion emotion um, boundary pushers right mm -hmm. like because they need to constantly make sure that they are safe right mm -hmm. and 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 especially so when they are a mother they need to make sure that they're in a position of safety so they can continue to provide for their their children the way that they feel they need to mm -hmm. right so don't believe that just because you're meeting some girl at the bar and she shit tests you that that's like it once you pass the test <laughs> like it happens for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> able to maintain that, right? You you and I can, can totally attest to this, right? Because it's just true. Mm. It's annoying, yes, and it's necessary for them to feel safe. And so if anything, use it as practice for you to develop that emotional stability and resilience. Because then you can, once you have it in the home, you can take it out the home. Yes, you know? sir. So, yeah. I like that. No, I, and it's and it's it's a constant self-awareness thing in the sense that let me give you an example. And I hate to do this, bro, because, I, you know, Mr. Apex masculinity guy, like people kind of like I, I don't know if they do. I hope people see us as just other guys that have kind of honed and developed a certain niche and we're here to help kind of a thing. But yeah. I can get frustrated. Like this morning, I was trying to um, get my podcast office kind of set up here. And what I, and I'm in the closet, bro, and I've got all these like hoodies and like these suits that I put up to block the uh, walls so that mm -hmm. the clothing absorbs the sound. Sound, yeah. And one of these coat hangers, bro, got caught up on one of these shirts, bro. And I turned into my father instantly, bro. And I grabbed that coat hanger and I yanked it, and I ended up somehow like hooking like five or six other coat hangers and like snapped them all. And then I was like, dude, hold on fixing to go on the podcast with thomas edwards to get your energy right bro <laughs> because if your energy is bad your performance is going to be bad yeah not just you had one episode and you lost your cool but now you've changed the whole energy around you yeah everything flowing out for until you get your act together is going to be touched mm -hmm. by this right yeah anyway just no. want to share yeah <laughs> no it's yeah no it's, it's but it's it's um mm. it's it's real life bro like it's it's the little things that like mm. can take us for a loop right and and like you said you know self-awareness is so important and once again i like to define things because i think it's important for guys to have this information to do something with it right and so when we think about you know a lot of focus out there is about awareness right which makes sense i think you need to be aware of the environment of the people around you, right? But there is, I think, a deeper level, which is self-awareness. And self-awareness is your your impact, mm. right? On the environment and people around you. And when you're not self-aware, all of a sudden now you could be carrying in energy that you know can impact performance or the experience of things, right? Or the environment or people that you connect with. And so it's so and so important. And that's a big part of. Another uh, element of emotional resilience, which is emotional intelligence. Um, you know, it's not, resilience is not about just like falling down and, and all of a sudden getting back up. It's about being able to understand other people, understand their emotions and where they're coming from, right? It, it's a deep, it, it's a, yes, empathy, right? But I, I think it's just understanding how, you can relate and connect with someone else's emotions, mm. right? Because when you're able to do that all of a sudden, and, and I'm sure there's studies out there biologically, right? Like 
you can be on a similar wavelength with someone once you're able to reflect and under and, and show that you understand someone else's emotions. And when you do that, there there's an opportunity to connect on a profound level. Yes. So the more you understand emotions in general, and then you understand your emotions, the more the quicker you're going to be able to understand what it is necessary for you to bounce back when you have a setback. Yeah. No, I like that, bro. I like it. I have um, a basic template that I kind of do every time I do a podcast. And it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes the conversations just get on their own freeway and go yeah. which direction they want. But there are a few key points that I always want to tease out of the guest. And in my mind, sometimes I wonder that the listeners are going to be like, man, he always asks the same questions. But I think what makes this unique is I'm getting it from the widest, broadest spectrum of guys that are out there. So the answers are never template in their response. The questions just yeah. are right. Mm -hmm. I would like, I would like to, and I know, and I know we didn't talk about this prior, but just because I know, yeah. I know you, um, I think you're going to do really well with this, but I got a few key questions that I want to ask almost like in a bullet point, kind of a drive-by fashion, just to get some response. Yeah. Talk to me about how important self-confidence is to be uh, successful as a man. Like, what does it look like? How is it developed? How does it affect you if you don't have it? Just the floor is yours. Let's get into self confidence. Yeah. Totally, man. Hmm. So once again, let's let's define and show share a distinction between confidence, right? So confidence is what you project and say to other people about yourself. Okay. Right? So if you're, for example, if you're going into an interview, hmm. right? Are you going to dress like a slob or are you going to dress sharp, right? Like because you want to project confidence right? In, in yourself and, and to other people about who you are, right? When we come on the podcast, the idea is for me to project confidence, right? To tell you guys who's listening and watching this, like about myself, right? But self-confidence is what you say to yourself about yourself, right? So when, when, you know, the, when we're out of the Zoom, right? And you're not hearing us anymore. And I'm going back to hang out with my wife. What am I saying to myself about myself? That is self-confidence, right? right? And how you develop it, there's a myriad of ways that are scientifically proven to do so. But I will start off by just saying, you got to change your language. You got to start saying good shit about yourself. You got to start seeing the things that you've done that you've been successful and that you're proud of. And you need to keep pointing back to those things over and over again. I don't care how shitty your life is right now in comparison to where you want to be. There was a time in your life where things might have been pretty shitty, shittier <laughs> than it is right now. Right. And so there's always a place where you can be grateful and, and speak highly of yourself. Um, and that is where it starts is the language. Start telling yourself. Affirmations, I believe, go a long way because certain affirmations, when they are specifically applied to skill sets and accomplishments that you've experienced, can actually increase your performance by a significant amount. And even more if they're tied to a task 
that you're about to complete, right? So give for an, example- Give an example. Yeah. So for example, for me, before coming onto this podcast, I would say to myself, I'm charismatic and full of impact. I connect with people on a deep level pretty easily. I know my shit, <laughs> right? I'm one of the best coaches in the world. This is what I tell myself before I before I came on here. Mm -hmm. right? Regardless if I feel that way in the moment is irrelevant. <laughs> I have to tell myself that is self-confidence because there might be times where I'm waking up and I feel like shit. Yeah. I don't want to work out. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do those things. But I tell myself that I'm more than capable of doing those things. And in fact, because I'm tired, I can do it better. Right. Like I'll say things like that. That is self-confidence. Right. It's OK for it to be somewhat delusional as long as it's meant to be productive. Right. And have a positive impact on you and potentially others. Yeah. Right. And so self-confidence is so, so important. And, and I always recommend guys like if you've been really if you've been shitting on yourself internally, then you want to go the other you want to swing the pendulum the complete opposite. Right. Like totally gas yourself up, totally say things that are absolutely ridiculous because it, it will cancel, cancel out and you will find that happy medium. So yeah. that part, I mean, I'll leave it at that, honestly, because I think that is the most important thing. What we say to ourselves is the difference maker, whether or not, not only do we have self-confidence, but if that confidence gets portrayed outward. Yeah, no, I like it, bro. I've always been a, a believer in the idea that affirmations can alter your belief systems and belief systems always affect behavior systems belief yep. affects behavior and affirmations are a great are a great way to start reforming the neural pathways of your brain to begin to believe things about yourself that maybe you never have or maybe because you grew up in a home or an environment where you weren't treated really well or you were spoken to poorly and now you have this negative network in your head you know, like you got to rebuild that and affirmations are a great way to do that. Yeah. And just I'll add, I'll add really quickly, just please, really quickly, please. the second thing, like mm. um, one of the one of the ways where our mind tricks us into believing that we suck is that we we look at immediate reference points. Right. So mm. if if it would be easy for me to, to log out of here feeling really good about how I showed up on this podcast and then go on Instagram and see someone else crushing it and be like, fuck, like. I'm a piece of shit, right? Because I'm looking at the literally the immediate reference point to, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. So if affirmations aren't your thing, that's, I get it. That makes sense. Kind of weird to say things to yourself like that, but I do believe that that's important. Then take a look at your body of work. Go find what I, what is called absolute reference points where you totally crushed it or you totally overcame the odds or you experienced an accomplishment or achievement that was noteworthy and start to collect that. Sometimes it's hard to go back in the mental archives and find those things. Mm -hmm. Maybe make a list, maybe have a scrapbook, have a journal. It's commonly called like a Brad journal, right? Or a Brad book, but have those things you can look at and say, wow, like I fucking did that, right? I did that. It's gonna it's gonna trigger those feelings and the, and the, and the mental, you talk about the mental part, right? The mental models mm -hmm. of what you're capable of doing. Right. And that then triggers self-confidence. Yeah, I like it, bro. Hey, just to be respectful of you and your time, we're kind of hitting that hour. Yeah. I don't know what you got planned today. Do you got a little bit more time? Got a few minutes to knock? Like yeah. A yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. 
All right. So um, the next one I wanted, and I got four and we can just run through them real quick. The next yeah. one I want to ask you about, bro, is courage. So somebody once said, mm -hmm. courage is doing the right thing, even when you, even when you're scared. All right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, guys are looking at their life going, okay, like, I don't like where I'm at. Um, I'm not going to condemn myself or beat myself up. I just know I need to make some changes. But if they're being honest, there's some fear around that decision. Like, all right, I got to move to Texas or I got to move to North South Carolina or whatever, you know, or yeah. I got to go back to school or I got to get certified in something so that I can level up my finances or I got to have that hard talk with my wife about whatever, you know, whatever it is. And guys are afraid. Talk to us about how essential it is to live courageously, even when we're afraid. And as you said earlier, um, face it, don't run yeah. from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having yeah. Courage. I think, I think courage um, is. So I have a list. So I have a list of, of, of 12 masculine values that I, I um have kind of prioritized, right? There's there's many more massive values than 12, mm -hmm. right? But I've, I've highlighted 12 that I think are really important to create the biggest impact, the quickest in the quickest amount of time for men, right? One of those values is courage. And like you said, courage is, is the willingness to do something in the, in the face of fear, mm -hmm. right? Willingness is super important. You got to have the willingness. If you're unwilling, then nothing can happen, right? So that's like the first part. Mm -hmm. um, and kind of going back to what you were talking about, right? Like courage is is so important. Like you have to understand that in order for you to do something or experience something that you've never done, never had, it's very likely that you're gonna have to do something that you've never done. Yes, sir. <laughs> right? And so I've never lived in Asheville, North Carolina before. I mean, in fact, prior to moving, I only knew one person who lived in, in Asheville, North Carolina. So I didn't come here with like a foundation of, of a network or, or anything like that, right? And so, and, and so it takes courage, right? Now, going back to confidence, right? Because I think it's so important for, for men to understand this. There's, there's this misconception that confidence is what's required for you to do something typically that you've never done and i disagree i think that's fundamentally broken um confidence is a confidence is not a requirement for you to do something it is what you get as a result of doing something yes right? yes yeah. courage is what's required for you to do something that you don't but where does courage come from for, to me courage mm -hmm. comes from faith okay you know um faith in yourself, or in my case, faith in a higher power of my understanding, sure. right? But at, at the core of it, there needs to be some faith that when you do this, you're not going to die, right? And mm -hmm. and nine times out of 10, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, you're not going to die, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not. It's, it's just that part of your brain that has not really updated its system to realize that you're, we're not living amongst you know, apex <laughs> predators, right? right? That we are the apex predator on this planet, right? And so are that part of our brain is not developed even after millions of years. And so now what it does, it looks for um, what I would consider suboptimal threats, right? Because as an apex predator, we can't, there's nothing to look above in terms of threats. So we start now naturally looking below 
mm -hmm. right? And there aren't really real physical threats. And so now we look at the other, the lower level, which is a mental, emotional threats, right? Yeah. And so, and it's also designed to always look for threats. Even when one doesn't exist, it'll, it'll, it'll create a threat because it needs something to do to keep you on guard, right? right. So, so yeah. it's a great opportunity, to, honestly, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's a great opportunity to have awareness of that and use that as a way to develop courage. I like it. Right? And when you, and, and if you have faith, and I'm not trying to bring spirituality or religion or anything like that. You literally can, you could be agnostic or you can be atheist and have faith in yourself and you being the higher power. That's your choice, right? But you need to have faith in something to give you leverage to develop the courage. Yeah. You know? yeah I, like I don't it. think that can really be disputed. <laughs> leaning, leaning on faith for courage and courage leading to confidence as a result of you taking the action, dude, I love it. Yeah. Just to be very transparent, bro. I think the suboptimal threats, like you talked about these days are ego and pride. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? For example, yeah. and I'll be super transparent. I've had two very successful uh, personal growth and development seminar workshops in North Dakota and a really nice one that I did in Phoenix with a couple other guys that we got together and just right after getting here to Texas, bro, I listed one on Eventbrite for this area. Mm -hmm. And dude, not a single person registered to come to that. And I ended up having to cancel it, bro. Mm -hmm. And that's always the fear. Like, what if no one comes? Well, I've yeah. done four of them and three of them were good. And one of them, nobody came, you know, and it's just like, yeah. you have to just like suck it up, buttercup. And like, let's go back to the drawing board kind of a thing and be willing to take hits to your ego and what you think other people are going to think about you as a result of you trying something that you might fail in, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and to create more uh, tactical or strategic parts of this, right? So let's say you are afraid of a particular outcome. I, I think it's okay to act as if the best outcome will happen mm -hmm. and prepare for the, the worst case, right? Plan, sure. right? So we're going back to even the beginning of the podcast, right? So planning, right? So, and and I learned this actually from one of my mentors and one of my best friends, you know, because I was going through a, a particularly challenging time and, and he said, have you played out what would happen if the worst thing were to happen? And I said, no. He's like, well, let's do it, right? And he and he, he said, what would you do if that were to happen? And I said, then I said this and he's like, well, okay, then, then what would you do after that? And I do this and then after that and after that, and then eventually it got to a point where I realized I was going to be okay, <laughs> right? Like it, it potentially even better, right? And so once I had peace, knowing what I would do if the worst case scenario happened, mm. gave me even more courage to move forward and take yeah. action, right? Mm. Because there's peace in knowing if the worst case scenario were to happen, I'd be okay, right? Maybe even better. That's a great scenario to then leverage what you ultimately do want to go after moving forward. And I did this with my, my when I was dating, my, doing the dating coaching and I was out there in the, in the, in the field with my clients, I always ask them like, what's the worst thing you expect to happen if you were to approach an attractive woman? And they would always say something like they'd get a drink thrown at them. They'd get slapped. They <laughs> would call security, get them like escorted out. Right. Like, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, what are you saying that's going to cause such a reaction, right? And I said, okay, well, 
What if I can promise you that that would never happen to you? Uh-huh. Right? And uh-huh. they said, well, then I go for it. I'm like, okay, let's do it, you know? And yeah. it really helped them understand that like, okay, like I that was just in my head. That was my ego trying to create this suboptimal threat that mm-hmm. would that would cause me to not do the thing I needed to do in order for my ego to protect itself, right? Because that's ultimately what it comes down to. The ego wants to not die. It yeah. wants to feel safe and it's willing to kill its host. <laughs> it's willing to kill its host yeah. in order to do that, right? Like it, it, the uh, ego is dumb, right? It has no idea that it needs itself. It, it needs a host in order for it to exist, but right. it's willing to kill its host. So um, that's why it's, it's so important. So when you're able to plan the, the worst case scenario, it will lead to not only peace of mind and handling that, but mm-hmm. then more courage to then move forward towards what you ultimately want. Yeah, I like it, bro. The the ego is is willing to, the parasite that's willing to kill it or kill its host to live. Hey, dude, I had this guy on my podcast, bro, a while back. Lieutenant Brian Slade was his name, dude. And mm. he was talking about this same thing, bro. And he called it chair flying. So what his deal mm. was, he was a helicopter pilot in the military. And someone told him, hey, like he was like, oh, what if this happens? We get over there. Like I dropped soldiers off in the sticks and we get fired upon or uh, you know, missiles are coming or whatever, you know, and this guy told him, bro, I want you to sit in a chair by yourself and I want you to fly your chair and go mm. over these scenarios in your mind and how you would respond. So this guy spent like lots of time sitting in a chair in a room by himself saying to himself, all right, this might happen. What would I do? And then it paid off because one night they were doing a special ops mission and they dropped guys off. And he lost all electronics to his mm. helicopter. He couldn't communicate. He had no lights. He had nothing. Everything was still spinning. He was able to fly. But because he had gone over that scenario and what would I do in case he was yeah. able, he was able to fly back to base and get you know landed and safe and everything like that. So last question, Thomas, and then we'll get into how guys can track you down and continue the conversation with you here is one thing I've noticed in my own personal life and I see with a lot of other guys is we mount up the courage to get on this mission of becoming the best version of ourselves to pursuing purpose, like to legacy, all these different things. And then we have a moment where we step out of alignment with our core values as a man and we commit a behavior or we get stuck in a thought process train rail for a while, or we say something, mostly it's, we do something that does not align with our core values as a man and bam, we get gut punched by the reality that we're not perfect. We have, we have a very fallen, very, if I can say it, sinful nature and we do the unthinkable. And then now for weeks, bro, we're in this, oh, I suck, bro. Like I did this thing. And now you got to work just to get back where you were, blah, blah, blah. What would you say to the, what would you say about the importance of living in alignment with your core values and the fastest way up if you fail or have a moment where you stepped out of character? Yeah, you know, we're flawed, right? And because we're supposedly doing this the first time, this thing called life, right? Right. It's it's all a test, right? Because you choose to be on the the the, the path of growth to become a better person, a lot of that shit's experimentation. So you're going to have some hiccups along the way. There's going to be some compromise along the way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's going to compromise your values and you're not going to be aware of that, right? And 
yeah, it's it's disheartening, right? It, it might completely eliminate or slow down or, or just destroy your momentum and what you've created. I've certainly experienced that plenty of time. A lot of it was self-imposed. You know, I was a total self-sabotage freak. You know, I love I love building and burning. I love building and burning. You know, because I was comfortable in that space. You yep. know, um, and yeah, like it is also upon us to be really hard on ourselves, right? Like we, we, we sometimes too much. I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah, we fucked up. Right. But not because we fucked up. It doesn't mean that we're not good enough. It doesn't mean that we're not enough. It doesn't mean that we're not capable. It just means that we fucked up. Right. And taking personal responsibility is super important because with that then comes strength with it comes power to do something about it. This is at its core of emotional resilience, mm. right? So when you do have a setback, whether it's within your control or not, because life happens. Sometimes this shit's not even within our control, right? And and that's and that's also something that we have to be okay with. Mm. But what can we do something? What, what can we do about it, mm. right? And taking that personal responsibility, I think is something that's missing with a lot of men. They They will allow themselves to complain about the problem, but not take responsibility for the problem so then they can get to the solution, <laughs> right? And so it's because it's easier. It's so much easier just to complain, bro, right? <laughs> it's so much easier to complain. Mm. And so when we take personal responsibility for our, our setbacks, learn from them, you know, and take that lesson to then leverage what we can do about it and be better. That I think is the ultimate strength. And it requires us to be vulnerable about it, right? To be vulnerable about our faults, vulnerable about our defects, vulnerable about our flaws, and accept that those things may pop up here you know, you know, once in a while, right? Every so often. But that awareness is what's going to allow you to excel in life. And that awareness is going to allow you for that to not pop up nearly as much as it used to in the past. Yeah. But we have to take personal responsibility for all of it. Yeah. Because it is our lives. Yeah. Right. Whether we have control of it over it or not, we still need to be responsible for what happens and what we choose to do about it. Um, and I think that is core. That's what that's what creates strength. And that's what creates resilience. Awesome. I love it. Guys out there, if you are on the path of raising yourself up out of whatever station in life you're in now and on that journey of becoming the better version of yourself, you stumble, have hiccups step out of alignment with your core values and you get sandblasted, lambasted by that, I want to encourage you to get back up because there's so much at stake. And my guys know I talk about it often, bro. My biggest, biggest hang up is um, dealing with failure. And because mm -hmm. uh, it's like, that's not me. Damn it. Like oh, I, that, yeah. again, I did this again, you know, or whatever. And like, if you're not careful, it can make you stagnant and weeks, worse months, years go by before you finally work up the courage to get up and get back on the path again. And it's lost time. It's lost time of you being a better father, a better yeah. husband, managing your money better, managing your health better, managing your mental uh, health space better, all of that. And uh, so it's good. Thomas, yeah. is the book yeah. out? Is yeah. So, so the, yeah, the, so the, the book, the book is still being uh, worked on. You know, I feel like uh, it's gone to the point where maybe like I should just get it out and then write another one. <laughs> <laughs> because every time I finish or a rewrite or approve, 
like so many more ideas and models come into place because things are just moving so fast. And so not even the same book anymore, huh? <laughs> at this point, right? Like, you know, but I think it's still important to, to get it out. So for those who, who aren't aware, I, I wrote a book called The One-Up Effect. It is not out yet. The push will be to have it come out um, in 2024. And it's really to, to simply put how to gamify your life for increased performance in any endeavor you pursue, whether it's in physical fitness, spirituality, in social networking, in your in your marriage or in your relationship, or if you're single, how to in terms of your value to the world, your ability to give, um, all these metrics, all gamified in a way to help you track your your personal growth and development over the course of time, um, and so that'll be out in in, in 2024, um, and I think I'm already working on a second edition, <laughs> just considering how things have just moved so quickly. Yeah. Apex masculinity, defeat, self-sabotage, reclaim true manhood was put out. I wasn't completely hundred percent satisfied with it, but I got to the point where I was like, dude, I just got to get it out there. Otherwise I'm going to hold on to this golden egg forever. And yeah. uh, you know, there's a few typos and like one or, one or two grammatical things in there or whatever, but because I got it out and got so much great feedback from people, um, the reviews on Amazon are absolutely humbling and turned it into an audio book and an ebook and all these different things. I needed to learn all that, getting my own mm -hmm. ISBN numbers, working with digital cover creators and all that stuff just to get the experience. And now three quarters of the way through the second book, and I'm hitting some writer's block here, but uh, it's yeah. okay. We're going to get through it. I know you understand that. You know what? I wanted, totally. to, I wanted to do this also because there yeah. may be some guys on here that are older that are either maybe they're divorced and mm -hmm. they're just coming around or they're single guys. And nowadays it's online dating. You had mentioned something in the last podcast that your wife actually wrote the book on yeah. online dating. What's the name of that book and where can guys find that one too? Yeah. So her book is actually out. <laughs> it is called love at first click. Yeah. One was a guide to online dating. Um, you know, it was written in the uh, early 2010. So I want to say 2016, 2017. And so, um, do not let the date of the publishing fool you. The principles in that book can apply to uh, app dating, which is really what it's called, right? Um, back when it was written, sites were still available and all that stuff. But it's, it's, the principles, the fundamentals, the strategies, still mm. applicable to the dating uh, the dating landscape today through apps and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely go check that out. Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's a solid book. Yeah, there's guys that need that because I know guys where I talk to them, they're like, I'm single, bro, and I can't seem to find, I don't want to go pick chicks up at bars and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, what about, you know, like online? And oh, I don't know about that, bro. Like, I don't know that, you know, all these different excuses. Yeah. Here's, I, here's the thing, right? And, and and I've been teaching guys this for a long time, but I think as when you're older, mm -hmm. once again, purpose, vision, plan is so important here, right? But the more niche Guys, because so here's the thing: when you get old, when you get older, the dating pool does not get smaller. <laughs> Guys think it does; it does right. not. Okay. We have that. We actually have that luxury and that privilege. As we get older, our market can stay the same if we want it to. So, okay. what's important for men is not different; is different than what is important for women. So, what, so with that context in, in mind. The more niche you can go as a guy, the better you can. What that means is based on your values, based on your hobbies or interests, your lifestyle, you need to cater it 
in such a way that it naturally puts you in, in position to be exposed to the kind of women that you want. So right. for example, if you love hiking, you should be, be a part of hiking groups and membership groups. If you uh, enjoy, let's say you do enjoy drinking or wine, you should be a part of a winery. You should go to wine tasting. You should be doing things specifically centered around the things that you enjoy to meet women there. And then, yes, let's add some online dating activity to supplement that, yeah. right? But, you know, online dating for older people isn't as, I would say, it wasn't, it's not, I wouldn't depend on that. Right. I would depend on this, you know, you being an established man of value at that age right. and going out there and experiencing it and using that as an attractive force. Awesome. Cool, man. Hey, if guys want to continue the conversation with Thomas Edwards, where can they find you, bro? Yeah. So you can find me at theprofessionalwingman.com there. You can, if you're single, got something for you. If you're married, got something for you. If you're in a relationship, got something for you. And I am also working on, we talked about the idea of purpose, vision, and plan. I think a lot of guys, if you are a guy who understands his purpose um, or who even is on the fringe of understanding it, you don't have to have it clear, but if you, have, you, if you know that you have a purpose and you're still trying to figure it out and you want support in creating the vision or you already have it, I actually have a group experience that I'm creating right now. It's called the Visionaries. And it's really to help men understand the skill sets necessary that with action can create a value-centric life filled with strength, attraction, power, success, wealth, and most importantly, internal fulfillment, knowing that you're meeting your potential. Um, go to becomethevisionary.com. It's a very simple page where you just fill out an application and you and I can have a conversation of whether or not becoming a visionary is a good spot for you. Awesome. Okay, cool. I'll make sure all that's in the show notes. When yeah. I post this. Man, dude, I, I'm going to be honest with you from my heart, bro. I appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Yeah, man. I love the conversations and I follow you at a distance. You know what I'm saying? I poke in on you every once in a while, see what's cooking over on that side of the yeah. world. But I you always bring the goods, dude. And I really appreciate that. And uh, we'll have to do it again. You know, yeah, always, bro. Always years from now, bro. We need to get get after it sooner, bro, because I've noticed your content is like getting more specific with the entire package of manhood and not mm -hmm. just like the dating or all of that stuff. Like you're really getting I was looking on your stuff. You're getting into mindset and all these different things, bro. So it's really good, man. So once again, thanks yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. I'll get all this edited and posted up today and I'll send you the link once it's out, bro. Ah, you got it, bro. And I appreciate you, man. Thanks for thinking of me. And it's always good to connect. And uh, yeah, I mean, if there's anything you got going on, you want to just connect with, or if I can support you with you, you let me know, man. Just reach out. I appreciate it, bro. Okay. Talk soon, man. All right, man. Later. Later.